Hello, it's Kerry and Rachel. Rachel, what are you doing? You got all the good words. <laughs> Welcome to Dirty Vegetables, a podcast where we discuss hot topics in the vegan world, exposing the dirt on animal industries and sharing our complete adoration for vegetables. 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 Hello everyone, Hello. welcome to the first episode of season two of Dirty Vegetables. Ooh. We are very excited to kick off with the first episode of Austro-Veganism. Yeah. So this series is going to be a little bit different. So we will be looking at some counter arguments to veganism. If you listen to our trailer, we talk about it a little bit more on that. Uh, basically because we've been questioning our choices a little bit and to what extent we've been living in a vegan vacuum. We've decided to streamline our approach a little bit. We're doing shorter episodes and we've cut back on the blog and the website for now. We've decided to do a different type of content on Instagram and yeah, we're excited to try this new format and hope it's fresh. We're just growing with this podcast and learning so much as we go along, so... Hopefully you'll come on this journey with us and we're going to kick off today's episode with um, Austro-veganism. This is a term that you may or may not have heard of. It's not really that popular, but it's essentially a type of veganism where a vegan also eats mollusks or bivalves. So this is things like mussels, oysters, and scallops. So the question we're going to be focusing on today is, is it okay to eat these as a vegan? Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, we'll talk about our dirty ingredient of the week. Yeah, just a little reminder that our dirty ingredient of the week is an ingredient that we swear by, that we use a lot, that we think brings a lot to our cookery. Yeah, and this week the dirty ingredient is capers. Mm. Capers. So yeah, I love capers. Me too. I think they're salty, acidic quality brings a meal to life i love to add them to things and yeah a little bit of history about capers their origins so they're made from the immature flower buds of caper bushes and then they're either pickled or salt cured and capers probably originated from the arid regions in western and central asia since they have been around there for thousands of years and there's mentions of them in the Gilgat mesh which is possibly the oldest written story documented and found on ancient sumerian clay tablets dating back to 2700 bc so they have been around for a long long time so nutrition wise um turns out capers are incredibly good for you i was learning a bit about this for in preparation for this episode and yeah they're packed with antioxidants which are good for protecting our cells from free radicals and they've got lots of minerals such as iron calcium and copper and calcium is beneficial for strong bones Copper combines with certain proteins to produce enzymes that act as catalysts to help a number of body functions and iron helps with fatigue levels by aiding the oxygenation of our body slash muscles. Capers are also packed with vitamins like vitamin A, K, niacin and B2 and vitamins A and K help with eyesight and K helps with bone health whilst niacin protects against cardiovascular diseases and B2 helps the body convert food to energy. So it gives this sense of vitality. And um, they're also full of fiber, 
great for constipation. Bad enzymes. <laughs> I love that fact. There are bad enzyme busters, so they destroy certain byproducts found in foods that are really rich in fat. And they've been used in ancient Greece to treat rheumatic pain. <laughs> Do we need to say they relieve, relieve flatulence? <laughs> Um, they've got chemicals uh, that keep the blood sugar stable um, so they're really good for people with diabetes actually and they contain lots of healthy oils as well so it's good for your skin and your hair how do you use your capers Rachel where are you putting them so yeah I think capers although they're a flower um, they for some reason they have kind of like a seafood quality to them for me mm. so I feel like they add a kind of seafoody dimension to dishes um which is really great in vegan cookery if you're trying to look for that flavor which can be hard to come by so i i love them in a lot of italian dishes so they're really nice on top of pizza and they're really nice in pasta and there's one pizza in particular that i always order when i'm in italy so i'll let you know what it is and if any of you are traveling to italy i recommend so you get a marinara which is a red pizza which means it doesn't have cheese on it and the marinara means that it's got um garlic and oregano in it or oregano and then add to it porcini mushrooms and capers on top and it's so so good so this is one of my favorite ways to eat capers what about you carrie you love a porcini mushroom i love you? a porcini mushroom. <laughs> porcini mushrooms are epic i still actually don't even know if i've tried them or not to be honest i i really like capers i, I feel like i don't use them enough actually i sort of will get a jar and have them for ages but yeah i i think they bring out that seafood quality because you often have them in tartar sauce mm. which is traditionally served with like fish and chips so if i think mm. there's that sort of link that kind of memory that it tends to go in tartar sauce but i love putting them in things like if you've ever made chickpea tuna yeah like mashed chickpeas with like red onion um celery tomatoes and then like some sort of mayo it's really really good in that or just yeah throwing them in different things um or risotto it's nice it's nice in those ricey dishes big fan big fan they're a very particular flavor i would say like they're you can always notice that they're in the dish they're not hiding in there yeah true pungent some could say pungent indeed where do you find them capers you can really find anywhere but I found that Mediterranean countries are where you can find really, really nice ones, um, like ones that are a bit bigger, very juicy and just more of a impressive flavor. But you can get, I mentioned at the start, you can get salt cured or pickled capers. And I've bought the salt cured ones before out of interest. Like they looked really mystical to me. And I'm not a fan, to be honest, because you need to soak them in water for a very long time, at least an entire day. But I think longer. Um, before they stop tasting like ridiculously salty. So that's a bit of a faff. I prefer the pickled method. That would be my advice. Can't you get like giant capers? I've never actually had them. Yeah, giant like, big, ones. massive ones. Yeah, they're like still on like a I've stem. I've never had those. Yeah, I've had those a lot. I th- really? I have. Are they taste any different? No, they, t- they taste the same, but they're really great. I got them, I think I got like a tub of those um, from like an olive and porcini mushroom and sun-dried tomato kind of stand once <laughs> surprise surprise in that market in barcelona i cannot remember the name of it but if you've ever been to barcelona you'll know the exact market i'm talking about and they had these giant um mm. capers and they were epic yeah epic sounds great <laughs> So, 
Moving on to the topic of today's episode, Austro-Veganism. So Austro-Veganism, yes, as Kerry mentioned at the start, this is where people who are otherwise completely vegan, so they're not using or eating any animal products, they have decided to introduce mollusks into their diet, and most commonly mussels and oysters. There's a variety of reasons why, but most of them fall into the health and environmental reasons. The benefits of eating mussels, or rather the reasons why people have decided to start eating mussels, are, yeah, starting with nutrition. Yeah, so it's really hard for someone that's living a completely vegan life to make sure that their diet is nutritionally complete. I think this is something that I was a little bit naive to, and I thought that as long as you were eating a variety of fruits, veg, legumes, um, nuts, pulses, grains, etc., that you would be getting all your nutrient requirements met but unfortunately this isn't the case and it's still really important to supplement especially b12 we're going to get into another episode about that in the future but it's super important to supplement b12 every single day if you're a vegan and there's other uh, nutrients which are quite hard to achieve Um, they're arguably not as bioavailable to us from eating a plant-based diet although not impossible but they are a little tricky to get into your diet. And these are omega-3, iron, vitamin D, zinc, and selenium. And all of these minerals and vitamins can be found in mollusks. It's almost like they're kind of filling the gaps that a plant-based diet might leave behind. So this is a big reason why vegans have decided to eat them. But you might think that it doesn't, it's kind of like a huge contradiction to veganism because you're eating this life form, this muscle. But there's a few reasons why people think that they kind of fit into a different category and shouldn't be treated the same way as other animals or livestock reared for food. So to start off with, it's thought that mollusks are non-sentient and they do not have a centralised nervous system, i.e. they do not have a brain. Mm. So this combination of non-sentience and no nervous system means that they're not having any novel thoughts, um, thoughts or feelings, and they're not feeling pain the other sentient being, like other sentient beings can, like cows, chickens and fish. So that means that there's no suffering involved in the catching and processing of mollusks. And environmentally speaking, it's thought that eating specifically farmed mollusks, and it's really important that they are farmed, it can actually bring benefits to the aquatic ecosystem they're growing in. And this is because they're really effective at filtering the water. They can take out very harmful chemicals and toxins. And they're so effective at this that often in areas where there's a lot of pollution in rivers or waterways, they deliberately introduce mussels or oysters to that water to try and take take some of the chemicals and harmful pollutants out so they're really good for the ecosystem actually and so the more farmed mussels that you're consuming the more this effect is going to be taking place because that's more filters are getting added to the water essentially and also they require no feed they're not getting fed the way that other large farmed fish like tuna or salmon are getting fed where they're using fish meal fish meal is this industry huge industry where smaller fish are caught often through um, hauling methods where they're kind of taking gigantic nets through the ocean and it to catch these small swarms of fish and it leads to a lot of things like damage to the barrier reef, damage to coral and it's also leading to like a lot of bykill. And yeah, these small fish are taken to factories and then they're kind of turned into this oil which then gets made into pellets which we then use to feed farmed fish and also a lot of farmed animals. And this leads to a lot of pollution because of all the waste products left over from this process get pumped back into the oceans, leads to dead zones and everything else. It's a really nasty industry. 
and mollusks are falling into a different category of farmed seafood because they don't require this fish meal. So that whole process is cut out and also they create no waste. They're not creating any pollutants that are going into the water that they're farmed in. So they're only filtering it and not adding any dirt or harm or waste to it. So this is another reason why vegans think that it's actually okay to eat mussels. They're not like other types of seafood. And finally, they don't require any pesticides or antibiotics to be farmed. So yeah. I think another thing that you could look at, another reason why people would eat them is if people are craving meats. or that, And that could be something that maybe your body is telling you that you are low on iron or low on b12 and you might have this craving like you really want something and this is a really good middle ground i think where you're not eating an animal as such there's some sort of there's a i guess there's a bit of a gray area because the mollusks are alive i mean to be really strictly technically vegan i don't think you could say they are vegan because they are technically another animal but i think the whole purpose of being vegan for I would say the majority of people is to relieve suffering. So since they don't have a nervous system, you're not actually causing pain by killing them and eating them. And at the same time, you're providing yourself with a nutritionally dense source of food. So it's definitely a personal choice for people. Like if not every vegan subscribes to this and a lot of people would probably just not want to eat it because they would feel like it's eating flesh or something like that like I've read of people actually not even eating nutritional yeast because it was once alive which was surprising to me like some people are really super strict on these things so I mean obviously it's a personal choice and something like this might feel right to you or feel wrong to you I think another thing like if you are eating mussels and you're you're wanting to be a vegan I guess a lot of the time when you go out to eat, if you're going to eat in a restaurant, there would probably be covered in garlic butter, right? That's generally, it's like a creamy white wine sauce or garlic butter, things like that. So I guess that's the one thing that would maybe draw people away from it as well, from actually eating them out. But you could, of course, make them at home and then you would probably better know where they're sourced as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it is it is thought that they're because they haven't got a central nervous system and they're not sentient that they're kind of no more alive than say a Venus flytrap, which is very much a plant. I would say. What What do you think? Mm. Well, this this is what a lot of people bring up to vegans, isn't it? But plants feel pain. Yeah, I've heard of like different. Isn't there types of grass or something that um, like screams when you cut it? Yeah. Like at a certain pitch and there's things like this. You could get into a deep, dark wormhole yeah. <laughs> of finding out like what is alive. But you just have to be realistic, I think. Like, yeah, I think that's something that we're really realizing in this series and we want to really tap into is there's, I think there's suffering in many places that you probably wouldn't expect and that not always living a completely 100% vegan lifestyle is going to be innocent and I think that's something that we have maybe thought in the past we've definitely been sucked into and I think that's something we're really trying to get past now and realizing that hold on yeah it's not the magic answer actually if you aren't vegan yeah you're not the enemy like there's this is way more complex and I've certainly felt stuck in this bubble for a bit but muscles is a really good um I think it's a really good way to start because a lot of people agree on this, actually. Um, it's quite a prominent topic. And it, it, it does add another texture 
to your meals that I think if you've been completely vegan for a long time mm. you're maybe just dying to have a bit of variety and I really think they can provide that variety in flavor and in texture mm. and yeah it's very compelling I certainly am convinced that they're not sentient in the way that other fish are and it's really nice to know that they kind of can fill in a lot of the gaps nutrition is really important and I think very often people don't realize how much work needs to go into a vegan diet to make sure that you're getting all your your nutrient needs and despite that it is still necessary to supplement i was listening to Mm -hmm. a really interesting podcast the other day on the proof by simon hill and he was speaking to a nutritionalist i can't remember her name but she's written a book that's called even vegans die and they were talking about they were kind of busting a bunch of myths that have come about in the vegan community in terms of nutrition And she spoke about this a lot, that it's quite harmful to believe that just eating a variety of fruits and veg and nuts and everything is enough to meet your nutrient needs. It's not enough. And you do need to supplement certain things. And that's where I feel like mussels could be a very, Mm. very beneficial thing if you're eating them periodically um, to make sure your body's getting what it needs. And for you to get a little bit of pleasure as well um, and having something a bit different. And I think in terms of the restaurant scenario, I actually feel like Muscles could actually open up a lot more restaurants that um, maybe a group of friends want to go to. And I think it might be more likely for them to have Muscles on the menu than an appetizing vegan meal, perhaps. Yeah, sometimes they they do use butter or milk for sure, but I think they kind of always have to cook them fresh. So I think it could be quite easy to ask for that to be modified, kind of cut out the dairy please i think sometimes the desire to not cause any harm kind of blinds you a little bit and i've certainly felt like this like i've been blinded by the positives of veganism into thinking that it's only it's the only option it's the only way to go if you want to be pure (laughs) that's literally what it's felt like to an extent and um it's interesting listen to the other point of view which I haven't been, and I don't think either of us really have been for the past, what, four or five years. Um, so yeah, uh, have you had muscles? Yeah, I have. I have had muscles. And it was very exciting. I made this Caribbean curry recipe. It had like coconut milk in it and beer and scotch bonnet peppers. And oh, it was very, very good. And it was very exciting. And I really enjoyed the variety and it felt good in the body um so yeah I have I have had muscles what about you yes I had muscles when I was on holidays I was kind of curious because I used to love muscles like I used to really really like them when I worked in a restaurant we used to always get them like the chefs would cook them for us so they'd have some left over and I loved them and I kind of thought I would feel a bit weird eating them because they are a bit weird like it like they're like a wee creepy little thing And I was a bit like, this might make me feel a bit weird. And it really didn't. Like I actually, the texture of it, I completely forgot what the texture of it was like. Like it was quite meaty. And the ones that we had had um, were big. They were really, really big. And they were absolutely delicious. It was like, I think a similar kind of one to you. It was like a, there was loads of coriander and it was like a ready kind of sauce, like a, which before I'd only ever had them with like white wine sauce. Um, so it was like sort of a, yeah, like a curry kind of like a red Thai curry kind of muscle. And it was honestly like so, so good. So that was a really great experience, I must say. 
And I've seen Simon Hill, like just what you were saying there. I've seen him because I follow him on Instagram and I've seen him posting about Austroveganism and he's really, really for it, actually. Uh, he's written a whole like blog post on it as well. So it's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah. And the environmental side of things really appeals to me as well. It's like it feels like it's taken a lot of boxes because it's also they're also acting as this incredible filter for the water which is really cool. And if more people just chose to eat mussels compared to, say, prawns or tuna or salmon, then I think that's ultimately a really positive transition for everyone, vegan or not. So I think it's a good thing to, um, if you've not eaten much mussels yourself, then to think about it, get some recipes and see what you think, see if you like them. I think people in the UK especially, I mean, I'm going to send a wild generalization out right now, but they are kind of like put off by things where you have to like mess about with shells and Mm, like crack open. They're all very clean like that. Yeah, we like things to be filtered and prepackaged and all that. But I actually really enjoy the element of the shells and getting your hands involved. It It feels quite nice. Yeah. So I think it's important to mention some drawbacks as well um, so that we're, we're, it could be very tempting here to be like, okay, so that's it. That's the perfect answer. Everyone start eating mollusks. But there are some things to take into consideration. But I think a lot of these you can kind of, kind of look at rationally and decide how much it's going to influence your choices. So for example, yeah, there's, there is science which suggests that mollusks are non-sentient and they cannot feel pain. But of course, we cannot conclude this to be 100% true. We can't ask them and find out categorically that this is the case um but the science that suggests it's the, it's the case is very compelling um and there is some um videos that have emerged from PETA which show that oysters can snap their shells tightly which is thought to be a reaction to stimuli which is like danger when they think that they're in danger they kind of snap closed but again the same argument often comes up to this that it's kind of the same as a venus flytrap and they're just doing that um quite rapidly not necessarily because they're sentient or they're scared it's more just a reaction to stimulus it's like a stimulus and response thing and there's not too much deeper processing going on involved and yeah one thing to be aware of is studies have shown that oysters have um, fairly high rates of contamination with the norovirus um, this is a virus that can give you terrible food poisoning um, and some people can even die from this but your risks of contracting norovirus if you eat oysters is greatly reduced if a you choose not to eat them raw you choose to have them cooked which is growing in popularity and b if you disinfect them properly there's these processes that you can go through to make sure you've disinfected your oysters before eating them um, and that's meant to take that risk away so if you want more information on that then a quick google search and you'll see all the different methods And yeah, it's worth mentioning that mollusks contain cholesterol, but dietary cholesterol doesn't affect your blood cholesterol rates in the same way that saturated and trans fats do. So if your blood cholesterol rates are good, then the addition of oysters or mussels to your diet won't put you at risk of coronary um, heart disease. And if eating these makes your, your diet nutritionally complete, then it can lower your risks of heart disease even more. And make sure that you only eat farmed mollusks because the ones that are caught in the wild from the oceans um, they have to do this dredging method where they're scraping nets across the ocean floor and as I mentioned before that can be really harmful it disrupts ecosystems um, can kill and injure a lot of sea turtles yeah and it's really important that the ones that are 
that are, are alive and growing in the oceans and seas stay there because I've mentioned before that they're really beneficial for the ecosystem. They're so good at filtering the water. So it's really important for them to stay there. And instead we can have farmed ones. Um, but one thing to think about in terms of eating farmed uh, mollusks is that they do create a lot of marine litter. So this is kind of things like shells and ropes and nets can sometimes be left behind and then this can wash away and then can get caught up with marine life. But, you know, if we look at the nitty gritty of how you kind of um, harvest any food, then it's just like a never ending battle. And I think it's just like there's you, you cannot win so if you buy them from like an ethical source and you make sure they're farmed then you just have to put your trust that the company are doing the right things and that they're not creating all this marine litter um and ultimately accept that it's out of your control like yeah you can't win yeah you can't win i really want to try an oyster i've never had an oyster before have you i have once but i ate it in a really dodgy way i ate it i was it was when i was working in the fine dining restaurant in edinburgh and it was with um, Tabasco, onion and whiskey on top. And it was too much going on. There was too much there. So I, I, need to, I want to try it again. But I think I'd rather have it cooked, actually, to be honest with you, rather than that just raw. I, I, I didn't really know if it was cooked. Are they normally raw then? That's normally how it's done. They're normally raw, completely raw, yeah. I don't know. It's, I'm very curious. I'm very curious. Maybe I'll give it a go. Let you know how it goes. Yeah, go for it. A lot of people are really into oysters. So yeah, ultimately, what do you think, Carrie? Is it okay to eat mollusks? I I definitely think it is. I think there's a whole list of really great reasons for it. And I think as time goes on and the more I learn about veganism in general, the more I learn that it's not a straight line. And there's so many elements to it that nobody considers. And if this is a way that's going to complete your diet, like I'm kind of obsessed with nutrition a little bit and getting vitamins and things like that, which has probably come about from going vegan in the first place. And even me myself, like recently I found out I was low in iron and I feel like I've got such a complete diet. Like I always thought I did. And like I eat loads of like leafy greens and all the things they tell you to eat and I'm still low on iron and fortified foods, which I also have a bit of a quandary about, but um so um, yeah if that's something that can sort of complete your diet i think i think it's a great idea and they're they're really delicious so i'm pro pro muscle for sure what about you yeah i feel like i've already made that clear throughout the podcast but yeah just to to wrap up i i definitely do think that I'm for eating mussels. I think that it's really brought a lot of joy and diversity to my meals, which is something I was really craving. Um, and seafood was one of the hardest things for me to give up when I went vegan. I just love the flavors that you can get with seafood and it's mm. really exciting to have it back. And um, I feel like it's going to make meal times um, with my family um, and with Octav's family a little bit more easy because this is something that they both eat. And yeah, I feel like the downsides to eating mussels, which I mentioned before, can largely be kind of disregarded if we make sure that we eat farm responsibly farmed mussels and oysters. Um, if we pay attention to make sure we disinfect oysters before eating them. And if we just trust the scientific evidence that we have at the moment that they don't feel pain and they're not sentient. And until we have the scientific sophistication to 
you know, determine irrefutably 100% that that's the case, then I'm just going to trust that it is the case until proven otherwise. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's impossible not to cause any harm or negative consequences with your food choices. Mm. And this has kind of been a bit of a bitter pill to swallow recently for me, where even if you live a completely plant-based diet, it doesn't mean that you're creating no harm with the exploitation and the damage that can occur and the death of small animals that can occur with eating fruits and vegetables. Mm. So I feel like it's a pretty nice thing to eat in terms of the environment, in terms of your health. Um, so yeah, I'm pro-Austro-Vegan. I'm going to get a t-shirt. <laughs> I think it's a good way to start this season as well. Starting it on, I really, I find it really, really interesting and something we've only thought about very, very recently and talked about recently and then got all excited about. So, <laughs> yeah. Happy first episode of season two. Yeah. So, thank you guys. Let us know what you think. You can message us on Instagram at dirty vegetables or you can send us an email at dirtyvegetables at gmail.com. And we hope you enjoy this shorter form content and we'll speak to you in the next one. Bye bye for now. Bye.